If you want to spend less time going to the grocery store, then you need to check out ButcherBox. It's a super convenient way to find high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust. ButcherBox only sells 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. And you know what all that means. No antibiotics or added hormones, so you get peace of mind that you're eating healthy food. On top of all that, ButcherBox makes shopping simpler because it gets delivered right to your doorstep. Shipping is always free, and you can customize your meal plan so you're only getting exactly what you want. We've tried everything from pork chops to tenderloins at our house, and they're always a huge hit. ButcherBox prices are as good or better than what you can find at the store, plus they have exclusive member deals, as well as a ton of recipes, cooking tips, and other kitchen hacks to choose from. So sign up at ButcherBox.com LISC and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer, plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. So sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash LISK, L-I-S-K, and use code LISK to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus $20 off your first order. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Welcome to a bonus episode of Lisk, Long Island Serial Killer. There are many questions surrounding the Lisk case, but perhaps one of the biggest mysteries, outside of naming the killer or killers, involves Suffolk County. Why hasn't this case been solved? How could these crimes have happened? What or who might be standing between justice and the victims? Here to lend some insight and give some context is Long Island talk radio personality and politico Frank McKay. He recently went on the record with our senior producer, Shannon McGarvey, to discuss Suffolk County corruption, suspect theories, and offer invaluable first-hand insight into some high-profile key persons of interest in this case. I'm Frank McKay. I'm the host of Breaking It Down and a couple of other shows, but we've been doing a series, our second series on Lisk, uh, Long Island serial killing. For the most part, we started doing the series again because we felt like we could attain something or we could pressure something. We're very tied into the, the political system here. And I, I've been the state chair of the Independence Party for many years. Last year, we lost ballot status. And in a way, it gave me an opportunity to uh, speak more freely about certain things and not worrying about who who's offended or even for that matter, uh, who it affects. And this year, there are, there are two individuals that we kind of targeted with our, with our series. One is Steve Ballone. He's the County executive of Suffolk County, somebody I've known very, you know, very well. And I've known for, for years. And the other one is Tim Sinney, who's currently up for re-election this year. He's the DA. Both of them are involved with the cover-up or the non-investigation of LISC, the Long Island serial killing. So one thing that we say all the time, and I say all the time on air, is that we don't know, and I don't know, 
who committed the murders, but we do know for sure who covered it up. And it's uh, Steve Ballone, the county executive and the man he appointed. And he alone appointed Jimmy Burke, the police chief, former police chief. And those two men uh, made sure that they cleared out the FBI. And that's not conjecture on my end. Jerry Hart, who was the lead agent at the time for the FBI and had said that Jimmy Burke had asked the FBI to leave. And our hope was not to shame either Cine or blown into doing things. We knew that was impossible. They're, they're shameless politicians. But uh, we, we did hope that we'd put political pressure on them. And they are the two people who have to answer questions. Alone as a potential gubernatorial candidate and Tim Sinney, who's running for re-election. For people who don't have the history with Ballone and Sinney, can you just briefly talk about why they would be motivated to cover up the Long Island serial killings? In 2011, Steve Ballone ran for county executive. I endorsed him and proudly endorsed him. We thought he was clean and we hoped that he would do good things uh, for the county. Just prior to 2011, after a successful run by Steve Ballone, Jimmy Burke called for the retirement of both Dormer, the, the late Chief Richard Dormer, and Dominic Verone, who was the chief uh, detective, chief uh, of the investigation, uh, who worked with the FBI. When I spoke to both men, they both said they were ready to be debriefed. And they were asked no questions whatsoever about the killing. They were just asked to retire. And if they did not retire by, I think it was December 31st, 2011, right before Blown took office, they would be busted down to captain. And that would be a financial hit on them, on their pension and so forth. But so both of them uh, immediately acquiesced and they, they retired. They took it like champs and and they just figured it's new guy coming in, Jimmy Burke's show at this point. Then they got out. The fact they weren't asked any questions is disturbing. I mean, you would think that someone somewhere in that new administration would want to know what's going on with a serial killing. Having said that, a couple of years later, uh, a mutual friend of mine in Boulogne came to me and said, why are you talking about uh, serial killing? You know, what do you have a morbid personality? And I was surprised that this, this friend of mine was saying it. And he said, you know, Steve's pissed off. Why would he be angry with me? And he said, well, because you're asking about the question. Now, keep in mind, I had a syndicated radio show on CBS and I had a syndicated uh, TV show on NBC nonstop. And I never talked about the serial killing of celebrity talk. I never even mentioned it. So this is just in private conversation. I was asking people, why is he mad that anybody's asking questions about this? By the way, I asked Jimmy Burke, I asked Tom Spoda, and I got, you know, from Burke, I basically got, uh, oh, we'll get those bastards, Frankie, we'll get, you know, we'll get them. And Spoda was uh, was more like, oh, listen, uh, just don't believe what everything you read on the internet about this one and whatever. But Ballone's reaction was very strange. One other point I want to make is the only investigation that I see that the Suffolk County police, and I'm not criticizing them, there was... It came from the top. It came from Jimmy and it came from Malone for there to be no investigation until we saw the ridiculous belt when a belt was held up by Jerry Hart. I felt terrible for her. She was the commissioner at the time, and I'm sure she was humiliated holding up a belt. And and again, a belt that they believe, according to Sinny, right, they believe the murderer 
had uh, had handled, and they're going to ask Joe Public, they're going to ask Joan Public, uh, who this belt belongs to. And when somebody responded back and said, "I know whose belt it was," in the case of Guy Malone, uh, feeling that it was Heather Malone's, a uh, a close personal uh, friend uh, and relation with Jimmy Burke, uh, he never got a phone call. You said Guy never got a phone call. Yeah, Guy never got a phone call back. And how do you? How did you get to know Guy? I, I'm not sure how he originally came about, but four years ago when we did our first list series, Guy was one of our guests. I think he's terrific. I think he's meticulous on how he went through everything. For those who don't know, his wife ended up in an affair with, with Jimmy Burke in a long-term relationship, 13 years or, or something along those lines. Heather Malone and, and Jimmy Burke ran a prostitution ring together. And I don't mean maybe they ran a prostitution ring together. They ran a prostitution ring together based on a pager that once belonged to Loretta Rickenbacker, who was a former girlfriend of Jimmy Burke while he was a cop. And that same pager that he took from Loretta went to <laughs> to Heather Malone. And you could see the phone records from Guy Malone. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's just crazy. You can't make this stuff up. I feel so bad for Guy Malone. I mean, I've heard his story umpteen times. I spoke to him not too long ago. And I mean, between Heather and Burke, I mean, they really just blew up this guy's life. Yeah, no no question about it. Guy Malone, a quality guy, and I've known him for four years, uh, but uh, he's, he basically has no agenda. He wants the truth to get out. Uh, he has no financial stake in this. It's not like he has a lawsuit against the, the county. But the amazing thing is that in 2012, Steve Ballone proudly, proudly appointed Jimmy Burke to be in charge of the department, the Suffolk County Police Department, which is one of the largest in the nation, largest non-city uh, or suburban uh, police departments in the nation. And Jimmy Burke was in charge of it, even though he had run a prostitution ring while he was a cop and has, a, from all accounts, 2,000 pages on his internal affairs report. Uh, Ballone ignored all of that and put him in there. And and clearly, to me, it looks as as though they were they were covering tracks. And again, I'm not saying Ballone uh, is is in on the murders, but I say this all the time: it's not one killer; it's more than one killer. And uh, we do know who covered it up, and there's no question. Ballone and Burke collectively covered this up with with other people, but it's those two mainly. And by the way, I've been saying this since 2013. I have mutual friends with all of them, including Spoda. People have come up to me over the years, cops and and other folks that are, are close to Jimmy and close to uh, Ballone or close to uh, Spoda. And they've said to me, would you stop? And for the last 12 weeks, I've been challenging them to come on, to say anything, to sue me, to do whatever. And not a single person in all of these years has ever come up to me and said, Frank, there's no cover up. They've just said, would you stop? And by the way, I'll give you something. Everything I've been getting over the last couple of days is that Cine is getting close to making an arrest in this case, in list. And I'm sure it'll be ridiculous. And I'm sure it won't be the initials HM or or uh, or WH. But I, I truly believe that he's pressured and he's feeling the pressure from my show and others that are, are pushing this. His numbers are, are terrible. In, uh, in the toilet, and, and he's up for re-election this year. And I think he feels 
from everything I'm hearing that he needs an arrest in this case to to get reelection. So we're we're thinking the middle of October and he'll come up with something. They back themselves in the corner a little bit because now it's got to be HM or, or WH or, or whatever. I think they'll bypass that. I hope we're pressuring them into doing something. That was the whole purpose of doing the series. I, I was just thinking as you were talking that if they do make an arrest, that means either they've been sitting on a suspect and haven't done anything, or they're going to make some flippant attempt to just pin it on someone. So either way, it's insulting because this should have been done a long time ago. And, you know, some people have mentioned Bitroff. If Bitroff was less, he, he, would, he would have been locked up on this a, a long time ago. There's just no way that Lisk is John Bitroff. And uh, I don't even know that John Bitroff killed anybody, to be honest with you. And he might get out on, on appeal. And I don't know the guy from a hole in the wall. But what I'm telling you is that if anybody at all that's not connected to this crew was guilty, it, it would have been a no-brainer. By the way, Jimmy Bissett, Jimmy Bissett, the owner of the, the uh, aquarium and, you know, kind of a player around, I said, if it's Bissett, it's not Bissett alone. It's Bissett plus somebody who's close to Spoda, someone who's close to Steve, someone who's close to uh, Jimmy Burke. But certainly it's not Jimmy Bissett alone, because if it was, Spoda would just pull a grand jury report and just say, it's Jimmy Bissett. You know, I got him. I'm, I'm a hero. This is solved. We've solved the serial killing. Uh, of course, that never happened because they couldn't pin it on Jimmy Bissett alone. Mind you, I'm not saying it's it's not Jimmy Bissett, but it's it's certainly not Jimmy Bissett alone because it would have been very easy to uh, pull a grand jury report against a, a dead man. A man who committed suicide would have been a no-brainer. And the reason I found out afterwards, the reason why Jimmy Bissett wasn't used as the fall guy, Ballone tried it, he floated it, and, and I know that because mutual friends of mine and Ballone um, – said it, said it to me directly. You know, I said, well, who does Steve think is, uh, is Lisk? And he said, Jimmy Bissett. But here's, here's the reason they couldn't pin it on Bissett alone um, is because Bissett has, has relatives who, who care about him and they care about the, the legacy of Bissett. I, I've met Jimmy Bissett three times in my life. I, I don't know Jimmy Bissett well at all, and I certainly don't know his relatives. But one is a lawyer and, and a very competent lawyer from what I understand. And that attorney who's related to him had reached out to first the sheriff's office and complained about a, a post that a, uh, that a corrections officer had put up just on his own time on, and whatever and saying that Jimmy Bissett was the, was Lisk, was the killer and, and went, went off saying, basically, if you're going to try to do this, we're going to, we're going to sue. You're not going to be able to get off easy and whatever. The next phone call she made was Tom Spoda, and she talked to, from what I understand, Tom Spoda directly. I, I could almost assure you the conversation went, hey, if you're going to try to pin this on my relative, Jimmy Bissett, I'm going to open up the phone. I'm going to see who he was talking to, who he was texting to. And obviously that was, uh, that was Burke, and it was you know, other people in the department, um, you know, folks that are involved with these quote-unquote sex parties. Um, Balone, you know, all kinds of uh, people out would have been there. But the Bissett family was not going to take it sitting down. Therefore, Foda uh, uh, panicked and, uh, and came out and said no Bissett. He cleared Bissett in that particular case. So it thwarted 
the efforts of, of Ballone to try to get everybody off the hook, including his own police chief and his uh, best friend growing up. You know, that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify is your POS command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that unites your in-person and online sales into one seamless process. Easily track every sale across your business and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. You can take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify POS Go mobile device. Easy peasy. And if there's ever a question, Shopify's award-winning support is there to answer your questions. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lisk, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lisk to take your retail business to the next level today. One last time, go to shopify.com slash L-I-S-K. So Bissett has long been a name that has been attached to this cabal theory. Is there any concrete evidence that A, supports the cabal theory and also supports the fact that Bissett was a part of it? And if so, is SCPD then still involved in some sort of cover-up? Clarify for me what the cabal theory is. I don't know what the cabal it's theory is. The cabal theory of uh, a group of powerful men involved in sex parties, deviant acts, uh, perhaps even snuff films that were responsible for at least the murders of the Gilgo Four, uh, if not all the connected Lisk murders. I'll sign up for that right now. Um, there's there's no question in my mind that it's multiple killers. There's no question that the reason it's being covered up is because there are powerful people involved. These parties that involve around 58 Savannah Walk. 58 Savannah Walk was uh, is, is Bobby Strickloff's home, and it's also longtime home of friends of Steve Ballone. So, yes, those parties uh, allegedly developed in and around that, uh, that home and, uh, and Strickloff and, and other folks, uh, had involvement, but without question, in my mind, uh, the reason that this was covered up is because it's, uh, there's power people here. If not, it would have been solved a long time ago. And the other thing that makes it very simple to cover up is we're not talking about Marsha, Jan and Cindy here. This is not the Brady Bunch girls being being murdered and i say this with the greatest respect because they are the loved ones they're the children of of someone we're not getting it because they're sex workers and uh, sex workers are something that uh, that i know for a fact that steve Ballone and bobby strickloff have no respect for jimmy burke obviously no respect for uh for them i'll be honest with you i'm uh i would lean heavily towards the idea that there's snuff films going on and I, I still think they're going on, and I still think there's murders going on. It's just that they've gotten smarter, and 
What I think they're, they're doing is uh, they're right on the water. I think they're going out to the Atlantic Ocean and they're dropping, they're dropping bodies in, in the Atlantic Ocean. There are people that are sex workers that go missing constantly. And, uh, and we, we, don't, uh, we don't connect them to Gilgo because we're not finding bodies in and around Gilgo, West Gilgo, or Oak Beach anymore. Let's go back a little bit to uh, some Long Island updates. Obviously, Jerry Hart is not uh, with SCPD anymore. Uh, do you know the new commissioner? Do you know of the new commissioner? It's Stu Cameron. And they put him in, by the way, a very nice man. You know, everything I know of him. But he's a stand-in. And they're keeping the commissioner's spot open for Sinny, uh, assuming he loses this election. They expect Sinny uh, to lose. Um, Steve Ballone's holding that spot for him. So Stu Cameron will remain chief, let's say, and and Cindy will take over as commissioner. Oy vey. Okay, so so are you hopeful for any new updates? You spoke earlier about how Geraldine Hart, you know, you felt sorry for her having to, you know, have this press conference with this H.M. belt, you know, and then uh, later also making the announcement of the identification of Jane Doe 6, Valerie Mack. What do you think of all of that? Why Why did it take so long? Jerry Hart is very clean. Uh, I think she probably regretted getting involved with Ballone at all. It was a good position for uh, for her. Um, the fact that she left to become the, the head of security for Hofstra University, which is a fine university, no question about it. But to go from the police commissionership to that, it just it's very telling. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's very embarrassing that she was involved with these characters. You know, you asked if I'm I'm hopeful. I think the best thing that could happen for Lisk is that Cindy loses this election. And a guy named Ray Tierney, who I just met five weeks ago, he's a, a federal prosecutor, longtime federal prosecutor. He's everything that Tim Cindy wishes he was. Tim Cindy's a young man. He's 38 years old. He's got very little experience uh, while he was over there. Malone handpicked him to be... Uh, Jimmy Burke's boss, by the way, he was the deputy county executive in charge of public safety, which meant that he was Jimmy Burke's boss for 15 months after Christopher Loeb had been beaten while in handcuffs and uh, and Ballone nor Tim Sinney disciplined Jimmy Burke at all. In fact, Jimmy Burke did not get uh, fired. Jimmy Burke left mutually with a very kind letter from Steve Ballone a couple of days before he was arrested basically saying that James Burke is leaving on his own and uh, for personal reasons and whatever, and he appreciates his time with county exec. What Ballone did, and it was brilliant, what Ballone did, is he went after Spoda. Spoda was in a position where he really couldn't talk. Uh, he was under federal investigation. He was about to be nailed because he was protecting uh, Jimmy Burke, who, by the way, Spoda loved like a son, but Ballone knew that he was attacking a dead man, basically, somebody who was going to be uh, under federal indictment. Jimmy Burke, he didn't touch because Jimmy Burke has so much on Ballone, uh, whether it's at these parties that were at Strickhoff's house, allegedly, and everything else that that he had on him. Uh, Cinny uh, became buddy-buddy with Burke while he was there. In fact, Cinny's office is very much like Spoda's office. It's just a younger version. Now, the people running the DA's office here are Spoda people or Burke people. Without question, uh, Burke has more influence in this office uh, than than anybody else does. All his protégés are running the show. 
That's insane. Uh, so let's talk about Spoda. You know, you yeah. said that Spoda looked at Burke as a son. What does that say about Spoda? You know, I was in the courtroom for the sentencing and Spoda wouldn't look at me. I've known Spoda for for years. I had a good relationship with Spoda, but yeah, he wouldn't even make eye contact with me. His wife is lovely, Mary Ellen. She gave me a big hug and a kiss. And uh, I felt for her. I didn't even approach the daughter. She was she was devastated. But uh, I I have to imagine that early on with the pious situation, this is total speculation on my part. But a 14-year-old Jimmy Burke, who um, was uh, was prepped to testify by Tom Spoda uh, on the murder of John Pius, maybe Spoda had him lie. And J- he didn't realize that Jimmy Burke was brilliant. And by the way, I, I'm on record saying Jimmy Burke is a brilliant man, a criminally brilliant, but he's a brilliant uh, man. And nobody that knows him will, will deny that. Spoda helped, or, or I should say, that Burke helped as a 14-year-old, his testimony helped nail down the pious convictions, the kids that killed or allegedly killed John Pius, and it was Jimmy Burke who helped him. Uh, Jimmy was taken under his wing after that, and, and you know, he walked him through uh, everything, and, and Spoda mentored Burke uh, that, that whole time. So the, the question is, Spoda should have realized very early on that Jimmy had this evil streak in him. So the question with Spoda is, uh, it, you know, was it blind love for Jimmy Burke, which it's not, I can assure you, or is it that, that Jimmy Burke had so much on everybody? And, and I, I believe he did. What exactly did he have on Spoda and what would he have, uh, what would he have done? By the way, Spoda was well aware that Burke and Heather Malone were running a prostitution ring. You know, the fact that Tom Spoda would put him in that position, knowing all the shortcomings, you know, how does that reflect on, on Tom Spoda? Obviously, uh, terribly. But the, the big question is, you know, was it some kind of loyalty or was it just that that Burke has so much on everybody? I mean, you lay with dogs, you're going to get dirty. So he had to know at some point that uh, it was going to come to a head. And thankfully it has. Uh, well, I was going to ask some more questions about Burke, uh, because it's interesting that you, you call him brilliant because that's not a, that's not a common narrative when people are speaking of Jim Burke, you know, they talk about, uh, Lorita, Heather, snuff films. They talk about a sexual deviant, someone who may have been, you know, had some hand even in the pious case way back when, you know, in the, in the pious murder way back when, uh, they talk about a liar. So I want you to tell me and our listeners why you think he's brilliant. Cause I think that that adds an interesting edge to his character development. Well, yeah, first of all, I mean, there's a, there's a difference be- between intelligence and, or IQ and EQ, let's say, and uh, his, his IQ is, is it has to be off the charts if you knew Burke. And by the way, anybody that knows him, I don't mean people that are reading a couple of stories or people that have talked to people who know, but people, talk to somebody who really knows Burke. Uh, he is, and I'll say it again, Jimmy Burke is brilliant. 
and all those other things that you've said about him are true. Yeah, I mean, deviant is uh, sexually deviant. Uh, apparently, so judgment is is insane. Uh, his his emotional uh, stability is is insane. So certainly, a, I would say he's a sociopath, uh, without question. But uh, Jimmy Burke got to the top of the rung by by maneuvering politically. And I got to know him pretty well in 2001. Uh, I ran a conservative primary, and I utilized Jimmy as a um, as a source to get the cops to vote. You know, they were registered in the conservative, and it was to get Spoda elected. It was uh, to knock out a guy named Catterson. And uh, Spoda came to me afterwards as I was, uh, as I gave Jimmy his proper credit. And Spoda said, uh, he said, Frankie, tell me right now, did Jimmy Burke lift an effing finger, lift an effing finger in this primary? You got to tell me, because he's walking around like he's done. And I said, Tom, absolutely. Or Tommy, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, without question, he got the cops to vote. I said, Jimmy Burke got the cops to vote. Jimmy Burke understood my role in this whole thing. And he says, what can I do? What can I do to help or whatever? What he really meant is what can he do to be a player? What can he do to be significant? Now, I don't have the picadillos that a lot of these people have. And I don't have the uh, those shortcomings, you know, uh, that people have. He looks for people with drug problems. He looks for people who can't control their sexual urges. And, and he collects those people. The cabal theory doesn't work without Jimmy Jimmy Burke. He is, Jimmy Burke is the engineer and the architect around the cover-up, without question. Malone, it was the power, the guy who put him there. One point I want to make, too, is that Tom Spoda did not want Jimmy Burke to be the police chief. And that's a misnomer. Anybody that tells you separately just absolutely doesn't know what, what they're talking about. Four years ago is when it really hit me when I started the list series. I, I called up a couple of people, including Spoda, to let them know what I was doing. And I wasn't going to stop. I just want, I wanted them to hear it from me. And he was completely angry. He said it was a punch in the effing gut. He said, you know, I would never stop stand in Jimmy's way. But the way they did it, the way Ballone, Strickoff, the way they did this with Jimmy and that, how they kept it from me. But I said, but you did not know. And he said, those mother effers, the way they did it, you know, the mother effers. And he was talking about Jimmy Ballone and, and Strickoff. Even recently, I spoke to a, uh, somebody very close to Spoda, who uh, is also close to Jimmy Burke still. And what he said, he said, the one thing... He said, just so you know, um, he said, I think Steve just didn't want to share the spotlight. And that's why he kept it from Tommy. He said, I don't want you passing along information that Tommy would have tried to stop Jimmy. And I said, no, no, I've never said that he would try to stop him. Uh, but the truth of the matter is that that people very close to Spoda, and I mean very, very close to Spoda, and Burke thought that, uh, if Spoda, thought that Spoda felt that Jimmy Burke would get himself in trouble if he was ever police commissioner or police chief. So let me ask you something. Do you think that Burke is Lisk? I mean, I know you said there was a group of men, but do you think that he's involved in these in these killings? Um, I, I won't say no, right? But I I, I think it's I, I think it's unusual, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for the feds for the U.S. Attorney's Office and the FBI 
and they had him for 46 months. And again, he's a brilliant guy. You talk, talk to the feds, talk to people who prosecuted. Anybody that knows Burke or anybody that knows what they're talking about will tell you that this guy is a, he is a criminal genius. So I won't say no, he's not, but it's certainly not one guy. It's, it's not one individual that did these killings. It's just, you know, there, there's a big set. Malone is number one, uh, at least uh, uh, alphabetically, and Strickoff is the last in the name. And, and two of the people in the big seven are, are deceased by their own hand, a suicide. And Burke, of course, is there. And when you talk about the big seven, it's, it's disputed where Burke fits in. Is he uh, a guy covering it up? Uh, or is he involved in the in the killing? Next week on Lisk, Long Island Serial Killer, part two of this bonus episode with Suffolk County insider, Politico, and radio personality, Frank McKay. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.